Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Conversation of Our Generation. My name is Nick Jamel and today we will be talking to you about patriotism because it was the 4th of July and I was out last week on vacation. Hopefully I did mention that before I went out. I have not listened to that podcast back to see if I did, but I really hope I let you guys know that there wasn't going to be an episode last week. However, we are going to have one this week and we'll be talking a little bit about what it means to be a patriot because that's been in, you know, in the news and all the scandal around having a parade. We're not going to talk about all the stupid political uh, punditry that's going on. We're going to talk about just really what it means and how you can do it in a way that I think if you're left, right, or just out of the political spectrum, you can feel good about it. And that's my goal today because I'm coming from this, uh, coming at this from, I think, an apolitical perspective, hopefully. Um, However, we are drawn along partisan lines over whether or not we like this country. So there is that. (laughs) I do think that there is at least one wing of of the Democrat Party that says that they don't uh, even like the country. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's go ahead and remind you that you can find me on conversationofourgeneration.com. If you're already there checking out the podcast and looking at this, then head on over to iTunes and subscribe so you get them straight to your phone, you know, tablet, whatever. And also, you know, give me a five-star rating and a good review really helps uh, boost me up in the rankings. Then uh, you can also find me on facebook.com slash conversation of our generation or just search conversation of our generation there. You'll find me and Twitter. My handle there is at con of our gen and So with that, let's hop into the quote of the week because we have something interesting here. And I think it's really indicative of the way that Americans actually look at this idea of patriots and patriotism and what that means. And so we're going to turn to uh, probably the best speaker or thought uh, thinker on uh, on America, sorry, uh, Mark Twain. And he has two quotes here. He says, first, patriotism is supporting your country all the time and your government when it deserves it. And I like that idea because I think that that's really what, you know, even the American founding, those guys looked at it as we are supporting the country that we live in, but we're not supporting the government that is, you know, over us really. There's a difference between the country, the nation, you know, the people who live there who are your neighbors. And we'll get into this a little bit later and the government, you know, there's, there's a big difference between those two. I got into a debate one time on Twitter and someone called me a Nazi because there was a pundit or some, someone, some politician in Canada who said that Iran is uh, a malevolent nation. And I got into the debate with someone. I said that that's not like a crazy thing to say. Some guy who was Iranian, I don't think he was actually over in Iran anymore. Um, I think he immigrated here or his parents did, you know, said something to me. And, you know, with the context of what it was, he's like, you shouldn't say it's a nation. I'm like, you're right. I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about the government. And she's obviously talking about the government in this article because she's talking about government actions. And that was the problem. And so I was like, that's not the right word because, you know, you should support your people. You should support the people who, you know, are just there and who have the same love for the land and for the country and for where they come from, as you do, who have that, who have something that they share with you, some sort of heritage, some sort of, you know, in America, it's the ideals that you ascribe to here. You know, when you share that, then you should be ready to support that all the time. 
but you can't always support what the government does. The second is Patriot, the person who can holler the loudest without, without knowing what he is hollering about. And I think that's the thing that we look at today as a Patriot is, and it's funny that Mark Twain said this, you know, I, I didn't really vet this because, but it sounds like something he would say. He, but that's kind of what it is now. I mean, it's who can play, you know, proud to be an American the loudest while doing, you know, while just yelling about America all the time or whatever. And, you know, I think it's funny and fun to do that, but I don't think that that's what makes you a patriot. I think that that's a funny, goofy way to celebrate the 4th of July, but I don't think that, I don't think that that in any way really makes someone a patriot. Obviously, he's being sardonic here when he says this, but I think that that is really the way that we look at it today is as long as you're loud and in support of America and the you have the thin blue line, then, you know, you have to have your come and take my guns sticker on the back of your big truck and your thin blue line sticker on there because those are the people who are going to be coming to take your guns, by the way. Um, so hopefully maybe you'll cross that thin blue line then, <laughs> but you know, you gotta be, I'm in support of all these things and government, government, government. And that's not really what being a patriot is about. That's what being an idiot's about in all, in all honesty, I think. But I, I mean, that's really more of a nationalistic way of looking at it. That's a way of looking at your country as a nationalist. I'm in support of the government even if they become a dictatorship, because this is America. And even if it becomes a dictatorship, I still love it. And I'm like, fine. Or I still love the government and all of that. That's fine. You can have that opinion, but I think that that's a silly way to interact with your government. But I think that that's how we do differentiate all the time. I think that now patriotism is becoming a bad word as well as nationalism. And, you know, I don't think that either one should be a bad thing necessarily, you just have to understand what someone means by it, I think. And so, the word patriot, though, has become this idea of some loud buffoon, while patriotism has become this actually lofty goal of people. You know, it's I think that most people are willing to be patriotic, but they don't want to be a patriot. And, you know, coming from Indianapolis and being a Colts fan... I can tell you that I do not want to be a Patriots fan. I can tell you that much about when it comes to patriotism, where, uh, where my uh, allegiance lie. But I do want to go through today and talk about four ways that you can be a patriot while not condoning everything your uh, your government does. You know how how do you walk that line of uh, of being a patriot, but also criticizing your government or not supporting necessarily everything that go comes along in your government and still wanting the best for your country, willing the best for your country and making that happen. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And the first one that I think, the first thing that really came to mind for me was after seeing that quote about the patriot is the person who can holler the loudest without knowing what he's hollering about, you know, to me it's about being a patriot is about being thankful, not proud. I'm not proud to be an American. I'll sing along to the song, but that's not, I'm, I'm not proud of that. <laughs> you know, I talked, I did a episode a few weeks ago that say, that, that was about how pride is a sin in and of itself. And so I'm not 
proud to be an American. I didn't do anything to be an American, you know. <laughs> my parents did everything to make me an American by having me here in America. So that's it, you know. There's, there's something there. You cross, you know, you come here on wet foot, dry foot from Cuba, you know, you can have some pride in the fact that you made it here and that you're now, you know, a free person. Fine. If you're born here, you're not proud to be an American. You're thankful because you've been handed something amazing and you didn't have to do squat to do it, to get it, you know? So to me, it's about being thankful. Not only is it about being thankful that you're born here, it's about being thankful for the sacrifices that people have made to protect this and to create this in the first place. The sacrifices of the people who fought the revolution and the War of 1812 to defend us again from the British. The people who fought and died in the Civil War over the biggest question our country had that still allows us to have a country. You know, I think that that's an important thing. The people who fought and died in, world, in the two world wars. You know, the people who... Whether or not you agree with the wars of the since you know World War Two and Korea and Vietnam and all you know and the Middle East, whether or not you agree with them, those people went and fought for the ability to have a free country, the ability to ensure that there is not you know blood falling on our soil, and whether or not you agree with those wars doesn't matter. Those men went out, men and women now went out and did that, and so. The other thing is, you, you can just be thankful for all of the opportunity that lies here and the ability to have something and create something for yourself in this country. You know, I think that for all the people who harp on, I need this and I need that and America's, you know, the country, the government's not giving me this and government's, government's not giving me that and I need free student loans and all of this, all these problems that you know the government's supposed to solve we have the promise in this country that you can solve any problem that you want so long as you you know go out and do it and i think that that's something to be thankful for i think that the creed of this country the founding documents the idea behind why it's created and why it was created and why i think it's actually still maintained today is because of those founding ideas because of that promise of this nation that came before we had this country. That's what you should be most thankful for as well, is the idea that this country was founded on liberty for the individual against the government. And as much as that's deteriorated, it's still one of the best places, if not the best place in the world, if you go to the right state, that is. <laughs> if you're in California, it's probably not the best place in the world for this. But... You can still pave your way and find something, and you don't have. You may not make it to be a billionaire, but you can find a way to create a good life for yourself, for your family, provide for your family, and have the freedom to do it in a way and do do it in a way that you want to do it, and also do really what you want to do while building that. For the most part, and it's because of all the opportunity that's been created for us and handed down to us. The next one is. I think pretty simple. Criticize, don't hate. This is kind of goes to that uh, first quote that I shared, you know, you support your country, but you criticize your government or and your government when it deserves it rather. Um, you know, feel free to criticize the government and all these things, but you don't want to be hateful. That's what's so sad about 
seeing what's going on on the left today is that there's a sense of hate like they don't want you know Donald Trump to succeed they don't want the country to be a good place to live under Donald Trump and I think that that's a sad thing I remember when I was in eighth grade and Obama got elected and I knew a little bit about politics but I didn't know much I was like you know I hope he I hope he messes up and he doesn't get elected in four years my mom's like well you know that's not what you want she's like you still have to live in this country you want him to do the right things and if he can you know produce a good economy and bounce back from the recession and all these things that's what you would want now obviously that didn't quite happen but I, that was what I wanted I I wanted him to be a Bill Clinton type president who came back around and worked with the other side and realized that their his economic policies were silly and you know same with John F Kennedy you know, and they come around and they realize these policies don't work and they change their mind and go back to a real good way of governance and allowing the economy to flourish and all of that. You know, I wanted that. But it seems to me that nowadays it's impossible to want that for the other side that you want. And, and it's because of the polarization that we have in our politics. But it's fair to criticize. It's fair to say that was wrong. And I do that a lot. I, I think that I do it a decent amount on here, but I don't talk much politics. But I do it with my family, with my friends, with you know people who I know, and we will talk politics. And I'll say this was wrong, this was right, but I still am doing it in a way that says I still want this country to succeed. I want there to be something in this country that is able to be passed down to posterity for my grandkids and great-grandkids and great-great-grandkids to be able to enjoy the beauty of America and what the founding creed is. I, I want that to be handed down in some sort of way that it's still recognizable. And so I do criticize the country because I think that, or rather the government, because I think that they're the only ones who can infringe upon that ability to pass down the creed that we were given. They're the, the only the government can really become tyrannical. We can't make the government tyrannical. We can allow it to become that way. And if you're not criticizing it and holding it to account, it will. You know, if we don't have guns and, you know, free speech to say, hey, we're not liking what you're doing. And if you keep doing it, you know, there could be a way of, you know, a way in which you're no longer there doing it. <laughs> um as long as there is that, that threat constantly, then I do think you lose a lot of what we're about. So criticize, but don't hate. You want to do it out of love. You want to do it, picture it as if, you know, it's your parents or your, you know, your children or your best friend. You don't go and say everything bad about your best friend that you know, you know, isn't going to help them improve, but if they have a problem, if they're doing something wrong or if they're, you know, whatever it is, you're going to say, Hey, that's not a good idea. You know, maybe you should try this. That's, that'd be a little bit better for you because you're doing it out of love. You want the best for them. And so you say something that might be harsh or might be a little bit critical of their behavior because you want them to be a better person. You want them to be a more successful person and you don't want to see them suffer. That's how you should criticize your country. You should do it out of love and out of, you know, the thought or out of knowledge that you want this place to be a good place to live. Next is to know your neighbors and be a neighbor.
and this is something that I think we lost. You know, I I moved recently, uh, about a year ago now, actually. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly a year ago, just over now. And I grew up in a neighborhood where I knew a bunch of the, like every neighbor on my street, a lot of the ones across the neighborhood, and you know, it was a little like circle. Um, it was kind of like a loop, not like a cul-de-sac. And so we knew a lot of people. I mean, I knew probably half my neighbors. When you went trick-or-treating, you kind of knew that you may not know his name, but that's the that guy, and that's those people, and all of that. And because a lot of the couples were older, too. So the people on the one side of the neighborhood were a little bit, you know, generally the grandparents of people, or maybe even great-grandparents. And the people on our side of the neighborhood were generally a little bit younger uh, with kids, and you would kind of know who they were because you played with the kids and all of that. And so we had neighbors, we knew our neighbors, and, you know, it was really a typical place. I mean, people borrowed cups of sugars, or, hey, I don't have an onion, and this recipe calls for an onion, can I borrow one? And all of that stuff that you kind of think of like a 50s sitcom sort of idea of a neighbor, I mean, we kind of had that. And granted, the house the houses were built in like the 50s and 60s, so maybe that's part of it, that, that uh, ethos kind of stuck around. But... I think there was just good people there, and that's how it came to be. And I thought that that was uh, the way everyone <laughs> grew up, really. But I come to find out as I became an adult that that's not really the case. You know, people don't always have that. And so I think that that's an important thing to try to foster as much as you can, you know. You can only do it as much as your neighbors will let you, but you can make efforts. And I'm glad that as I was moving in here last year that my neighbors came and introduced themselves and we're all neighborly and friendly and I know that if I really needed something big time I could knock on a neighbor's door. I have a neighbor across the street who told me pretty much uh, like I don't know pretty early on that as they saw me doing work on the house that he has basically every tool that you'd ever need if you need to borrow something come let him know. You know he saw me on a ladder with a chainsaw. <laughs> trimming branches and stuff and he's like you know I got something that you know you can get up there with and I'm like uh well I didn't even think that that was the tool that you could have but <laughs> so he's always you know, offering help and being nice and he mows the lawns for some of the older people uh, because he has a big riding mower and we have small lawns he'll go and mow six lawns on Saturday sometimes and you know that's the kind of neighbors that you want to have because here's the thing is that's who your country is you know, your community is the microcosm, you know, that this, your neighborhood, your, your little sect, section of slice of, you know, America right there, that's what it's all about is you're not protecting, or you're not being a patriot because you care so much about what's going on in California. You're being a, a patriot because you know that if you don't stick up for the guys in California and they don't do it for you and so on and so forth around the country, that you lose your little slice of what you have here. And so that's why when I, you know, I criticize what California does a lot and I joke about them in New York, but I don't want them to destroy this country because then I lose what I have. And that's why I'm critical of the fact that, you know, I'm like, if they can destroy themselves and not take us down with them, then that's one thing and we can figure that out. But right now, the way our system's set up, if they fail, we're, I'm screwed. And everything, and I didn't do anything, I don't have any say in what they do to mess up their country, or their state. And so, 
knowing your neighbors and being a neighbor is one of the best ways to foster that, I think, and just have that sense of community and remember why you support this country is because you can have that. You can have that little slice where you interact and, and the other thing is you remember that this country is not, you know, Donald Trump and Congress and the Supreme Court. It's Joe Schmo next to you. It's your neighbors. It's your church. It's your, you know, your rec league, whatever it is. It's your, you know, your little league, the people who you know swim at the same pool, who vacation in the same spots, all of those things. That's who this country is. That's who this nation is. It's those people living out the ideas of our founding fathers on a day-to-day basis and living in the way that they, you know, set up for us to live and allowed us to live because of the ideas that they had. That's who this country is. And so when you're a neighbor and when you know your neighbors, <laughs> that's the first first step, especially today when, you know, everything's online and it's all about social media and who you know there, you know, and I, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't really fall into that too much, but I do think I do a little bit as far as like, I don't follow anyone that I know on Twitter and like, you know, so there is a little bit of that. Um, but instead I, but I, I do use Twitter basically as a means of putting forth ideas on this show, not as a means of engaging with people that I know. I'd rather all the people that I care about and that I know, I'd rather just sit down and have a beer with them or hang out with them. So, but that's the third tip there. Uh, know your neighbors and be a neighbor. The last one here, the fourth tip is country over politics. And I think this is a hard one for people to grasp. And really it should be uh, God over family, family over country, country over politics. But because not everyone is a believer, not everyone you know has that same hierarchy of goals. I do still think that everyone probably should put their family over country. But I think that you have to recognize that even if you think that Donald Trump is the worst man in the world, he's a dictator, all of that, whatever, that you can't take him down in a way that still allows us to have a country. You know, that would be, I mean, I think that, you know, invoking the 25th Amendment, actually impeaching and convicting him and getting out a democratically elected president or and or a democratically elected vice president as well would be catastrophic to this country in a way that's not going to go well for a long, long time. And I hope that people in power know that because that's a concern of mine. It's not so much that I care for Donald Trump as much as, and like what he's doing, as much as I care for what the fallout would be and what kind of chaos I think we would have. I mean, I think you would be sowing divisions that would really lead to, (laughs) I mean, a secession from between the coasts, you know, I think that you'd be very, very close to that. And so rather than making that a political decision, I made it more of a judgment call on what that's going to do to the country. And that's really how I base my politics in general too, is what would be the best thing for the country? It's not, what do I like or or what's fashionable to, you know, fashionable thing to think nowadays it's you know what would be the best thing for our country and so 
by putting country over politics, you are able to kind of rise above the partisanship. You know, there's, for instance, I have no love for Democrat politicians, and I have no love for Republican politicians. The only thing that they are is people who can or cannot reflect my views and by force <laughs> is basically all it is. And, you know, there's people out there on both sides of the aisle that I think are good people. I think that Tulsi Gabbard, from what I've seen of her, and I follow her on Twitter, and, you know, I've seen snippets, she seems to be a sensible person and probably kind of like a left-leaning libertarian person that I could get along with, you know? I, I haven't seen her coming out with big socialist platforms, so maybe I'm wrong. I haven't seen that. But, you know, I can reach across and say, hey, that's... She seems fairly sensible on most things, especially on some of the foreign policy. And so I think that that's an important thing to remember, you know, that putting the country over politics is not getting down and bogged down and you did this or they did that or here's what's going, you know, here's every five minutes what's happening on Capitol Hill. It's look at the last three years and what's happened to our economy that's allowed for Americans to succeed and for people to grow and to, you know, I mean, I can see it firsthand because three years ago, I mean, when Donald Trump was elected, I didn't, I mean, I was a store manager working through college, still had a whole year of college left. And now, you know, since then I've had, you know, a raise, you know, gotten a new job and are working and I'm working for an exciting startup. You know I mean? Like I've had plenty of opportunity to grow and to become a better rounded person, a more uh, productive citizen, someone who's able to contribute more to society. And I've been able to do that under this umbrella of what he's, of, of his policy. And so whether or not I can, I can squabble over this and that, but it's been good for people. It's been good for people like me. It's been good for people like my uh, future father-in-law, who's a steel worker. It's been good for, I mean, it's been good for people of all stripes. And, you know, so by putting your country over the politics, you remember that those little fights don't matter as much. And the other thing is when your politics are sour and you don't like the politics, you think they're bad. You put your country over politics if it were attacked. I mean, if I would hope that anybody who is mad at Donald Trump, all these Antifa people, and going around, you know, being buttheads and all of that, I'll, I'll keep it there because I think they're much worse than that. But all these people, I would hope that should Russia invade us, you know, come over, put boats outside on California's shore, and have, you know, an alliance with someone, Iran putting, you know, their navy out on our east coast, ready to come in and attack us in some way. You know, coming in through Canada and sneaking people in and bringing in ships and starting to bomb people. I would hope that Antifa would fight, even though Donald Trump is president. You know, I know that if <laughs> if it was called, you know, if there was a serious threat to an invasion of America, sure, yeah. I don't give a crap who's president because it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, there's more than just whether or not you like your government or whether or not you like the political situation at the time. 
there's more questions at hand when you're a patriot that you know the survival of your country is more important than whether or not you you uh you like your politics at the time <clears throat> even i was listening to catholic answers and they even talked about how and they had father hugh barber on who's a very very intelligent man and a great thinker that and he's not <laughs> someone who uh is by any means in favor of dictatorship, but he said if America became a dictatorship, he would still hope that people would defend it against an invasion, like like what I just described. And I think that that's the question you have to ask yourself, because he says that basically you have to do that because, you know, you can solve that other dictatorship problem later, but you can't keep your country intact if you don't defend it. You can't keep, you know, what that dictator betrayed at all intact without without having a country there to, you know, depose him from. So I think that that's an important thing to remember, that if you are looking to tear, tear down everything that is around you, and that's not how I am. I'm happy to criticize it. I'm happy to speak my mind when I'm in, when I disagree with what's going on. But if you're looking to tear everything down, you're going to be left with a country that you don't want anymore. Even if the country that you live in now is not the one you ideally would like, if you tear everything down instead of trying to build it up in a better way, then all you are going to do is leave yourself with nothing and it'll be worse than what you had before. And so I hope today's episode was good, that it helped you out a lot. Uh, I think that this is an important distinction to be made. It's something that's important to remember. And I thought that with the 4th of July, just, you know, just coming this past week, that it'd be good to talk about what it means to be patriotic and to be a patriot because and some ways to do it because I think that there's a careful line that you have to tread between being a patriot who's you know for your country all the time against your government or for your country or for your government sorry when it deserves it but and, and between uh, that and nationalism where it's hurrah 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 everything we do is great you know like what you saw in the 19th and 20th centuries that that was a toxic version of nationalism. I mean, and there's a sense of nationalism that's fine, you know, to defend what your nation is is fine, but to be a patriot is what I think people should strive for. And so hopefully you can use these tips to vet whether you're falling away and hurting your country or you're loyal to your country to a point of fault and how you can walk that line and ensure that you're continuing to put forth uh, the best that you can and to help America to be the best that it can. And so thank you again for listening to this episode of the Conversation of Our Generation. Let's get the dialogue going. I'll talk to you next week.